0: everybody welcome to the good evening kitties podcast the tales from the crip review my name is melissa your ghostess with the mostess, and today's episode is season five episode six two for the show i'm back did you guys miss me so i'm coming to you from the apartment so if it sounds a little echoey again i apologize still still around in this quarantine uh zone era thing that's going on so things might be a little different on this recording We still haven't really gotten that much furniture since we moved right around the time everything was going down. So I don't have like a lot of rugs or anything up to to catch the sound. And actually for this episode, I don't know where I put season five's disc box set for Tales from the Crypt. I had it on my coffee table before we were packing and then it's somewhere. And since we haven't really gotten too much furniture to really put a lot of things away, I haven't really gone through everything I've took a quick scan through our boxes that we have left over. It's somewhere. I know I packed it. I have all the other seasons. I just can't find season five. I'm going to have to read a few things a little differently today. So, but I mean, it should be fine. I'm just saying I don't have the box like I normally do, but I will find it. So I hope everyone's doing good. hope everyone's healthy and safe and staying inside and washing their hands and I went out today and got supplies at the store. Now it's like getting suited up to go to the store like cuz I got my gloves and I got my mask. It almost reminds me like cuz I love a lot of horror movies and like post apocalyptic things. It's not quite there and I don't I hope it doesn't get there. It's like before when I go in and when I get back out it's almost like I like I'm in Mad Max or like 28 days later where I did a run at the supermarket. You know, and just like, everyone's trying to avoid each other and it's just, it's crazy. But I mean, it's going to get better. It's just going to take some time. So do what you can, make smart choices. I hope everyone's finding something fun to do, new to learn, something like that. I hope everyone's good in the job situation and and things like that. Uh, Gus is running around here somewhere. Yeah, I just saw him head into the bathroom. He's probably going to go drink out of the toilet, cats. It's not like I don't give him a nice cold bowl of water next to his food that I refresh daily. And he's like, you know what's good? A toilet. All right. Well, I mean, you lick your own butt, so that's fine. So he'll probably be around meowing or something. You'll hear him, I'm sure. Again, in case anyone is interested and didn't, you know, doesn't know yet, he does have an Instagram, my cat. Never thought I'd be one of those people, but... Gus has an Instagram now that you can kind of follow him about his adventures as an indoor cat. It's just cute little pictures of him doing stuff. My camera's shit. So just, you know, it's cute. He's cute. Whatever. It's under the name A Sweet Cat Named Gus. So if you're interested in that, check it out. Follow whatever you want to do. Um, here he is right here. Gus, what are you doing? You going to be good? So I can talk about this weird episode. Speaking of, like I said, this episode is Tales from the Crypt season five episode six two for the show this has rather high ratings on imdb compared to what i would have given it we'll get into it on imdb two for the show has 7.7 out of 10 which i'm kind of surprised this episode didn't do a whole lot for me as always john cassier is the voice of the Crypt Keeper, and danny elfman does the theme song this episode aired october 20th 1993. i'm going to go ahead here and just read on imdb with the small little summary is because I don't have the box so for two for the show a man murders his beautiful younger wife when she threatens to leave him he then packs her body in a big suitcase and boards a train where he is stalked by an inquisitive detective this episode was directed by Kevin Hooks who also directed TV's Prison Break the screenplay was by Gilbert Adler and A.L. Katz it stars David Paymer from TV's Cagney and Lacey and movies like Mighty Joe Young Vincent Spano from movies like Alive and Tracy Lords from movies like Blade and Crybaby. So this one opens up. The Crypt is doing stand-up. He's at a club. He's got the mic. He's got a little suit and his little gold tie. They got the classic brick background um, with the lights and things. And he's just telling corny jokes and having a great time. The jokes aren't going on too well. Of course, everyone in the audience is dead. So that could be why no one's really laughing. So it's kind of a cute way to open it up. But it opens up and it's dinner, it's, uh, it's a dinner scene as they're showing the food. It looks like they got like rice and some scallops or something and broccoli. And she's kind of just picking at her food. And then they show him eating his food. And the first thing I notice is his steak is raw. Like it is raw. Like it's got some sort of liquid or gravy or something on his steak. Maybe she's not eating meat. Maybe this potatoes that is. Yeah, it might be potatoes, not scallops. So she's not eating that. She's got like potatoes and rice and broccoli, but he's got this raw steak. Like it is raw. Like there's just a line of fat and he's just like going after eating the steak and he's not even paying attention to her. He's just going off while he's eating this raw steak, talking about his day and what happened at his job. And he's just like talking about how he's going to become a vice president at his company. And she's looking at him and she's, you know, this blonde girl, she's a little younger than him. She's just playing with her jewelry and they're sitting across, like, you know, far on, not too far, but on the opposite ends of the table. you got candlelight and he's just going off and thinking things are going great. And she just blurts out. I want a divorce. You what? All you care about anymore is work. I want passion. I want hot sex on a white sand beach. I want to have a little fun and adventure while I'm still young enough to enjoy it.
1: All right. All right. All right. What's this really about? What? You want me to increase your allowance? Is that
0: it? I don't want money, Andy! I want out! If you want to know the truth, I've been having an affair. I'm leaving you and he's like, wait, do what now? Like he was still like talking and he was like, wait, you say what? She said she wants hot sex on a white sand beach. And I was like, ouch, but okay. So that's what she wants. She wants fun and adventure. She's bored. She can't take this anymore. She doesn't love him anymore. He's like, all right, all right. What's this really about? And then he has the gull. To say, do you want me to increase your allowance? Is that what you want? And this, this is, she gets up and she is mad. And I was like, yeah, here we go, girl. So she gets up and she slams her napkin down and she's so mad, right? And they just start arguing, right? And they're arguing and she starts going in her bedroom and she starts packing. She's throwing things into her bag and she's like, whatever, you know, I'm not doing this. I'm not negotiating. This is it. I don't want you anymore. I don't want this. So he kind of grabs her like, what, you're going to walk out on me?
1: You got to work with me on this, okay?
0: I'm not negotiating with you, Andy. I don't want anything except a life.
1: So what are you going to do? You're just going to walk out on
0: me? The way I see it, Andy, you walked out on me years ago. When was the last time we made love? Can you even remember?
1: Don't do this to me, Emma. You know what kind of schmuck I'm going to look like?
0: That's what really bothers you, isn't it? Well, let me put your mind to rest. You already look like a schmuck because you are a schmuck. Schmuck?
1: schmuck? Huh? Good bitch! You want passion, Emma?
0: How's this? They have this nice argument in the bedroom. I was like, bravo. Just some of the stuff they were saying. And so he gets really mad, right? And he grabs her by her throat and he starts choking her. And, like, the lamp gets knocked over and he throws her on the bed. He's so mad, you know, and he's like, teach you to leave me. Like, you know, we're not gonna do that "Eh." and then she's trying to fight him off and she goes to reach for some scissors in like a sewing kit thing and she gets him across the face and when she does a ring falls off her finger onto the carpet and that's important they do a quick quick shot of that ring you're like oh pay attention that ring and so she's got this the scissors and then he's got her hand and he ends up taking her hand and stabbing it into her to make her stab herself so then there's a phone call to the police station so cuts cuts the police station police officer picks it up he's like what and so apparently the neighbors heard a scream cause they're in like an apartment complex or whatever and called and was like, Hey, you know, could you come take a look at it? So you got the one cop and then you got Vincent Spano's character who is the other cop. He is officer Fine. And I was like, okay, is that what we're doing? So the main guy, his name is Andy. And then you got Emma, his now dead wife and then officer Fine. I mean, he's chiseled looking, but I wouldn't say fine, but okay. Officer Fine, I think is arguing with his wife and it's just like a whole thing. The officer Fine knows something about the couple, about the Conways. It's Andy Conway.
1: Did I hear the name Conway? Yeah. They in Wood Glen, uh, Unit 402? As a matter of fact, you know I don't think so. What, what are you doing? I'm on it. I want to see what the sky looks like. What is it with you? Your shift ended over
0: an hour ago. You're supposed to be going on vacation tomorrow with your wife?
1: I said I was going fishing. I didn't say anything about taking my wife.
0: So you can already tell like something's up with his relationship with his wife. He knows of Andy Conway or something like that. Something's been going on. Now it cuts back to Andy's apartment, the Conway's. And he's trying to shove her into a trunk and it's not working. For one, the dummy that they're using for her is like real springy. So when he goes to push down on it, she's like, poop, and pops right back up. And he's like, ah, the cop is at the door knocking. So he's kind of disheveled. He's got a little bit of blood on his chest and on his face. And and so he's like, hang on a second. I'm indecent. I was going to take a bath or whatever. And so he throws a robe on real quick over his clothes to cover the blood. So what Andy's saying is they got in a fight. His wife packed up and left to Chicago. She has family there. That's how I got the scratch on my face. She got me in the face. We were having an altercation. You know how it is. Bitches be tripping, all that stuff. And he's like, "Uh uh-huh. Yeah, bitches be tripping. So the cop goes to look in the trunk because it's closed now. And when it opens up, it's empty. So you're like, hmm. And that's when the cop notices the ring. And it's like a class ring from like a, a college or a school or whatever. It looks like Marysville High School. And he's like, I don't know. She moved here from Chicago. It's probably a ring from somewhere about five years ago. I don't, I don't know. You know, it's not a big deal. So then he heads back into the bathroom, take a look at the bathroom. And just as the cop comes into the bathroom, Andy had it set up to where he threw the body in the tub, right? So Emma's in the tub. He starts the bubbles up on the bubble bath and it's starting to fill up. Luckily he didn't come in right away. So just as the cop comes in, that bubbles covers over her face, the last part of her body, smooth. So it covers her up. He doesn't see it. He thinks he's just gonna take a bath. He doesn't put his hand in the water or anything like that. He's like, okay, well, everything checks out. Sorry for bothering you, you know, you know how neighbors are and all that stuff. And he's like kind of covering the bubbles like, yeah, oh my God, I was gonna take a relaxing bubble bath because you know, like everything with my wife and stuff, it's crazy. So now he's got to figure out what to do with the body. He's got to cut her up. What else is he gonna do? So there's like blood on the wall and on the tub. He's drained the tub and she's in there, and he's just cutting her up and not even wrapping anything up, just throwing pieces. It's kind of gross. It's a it's a gory scene. He's got her head. Throws her head in there, but he's just got like I think like a mach- machete or something in there. Let's see what was it. Yeah, it looks like a, just like a machete, like a small, like I don't know. It was a lot of hacking. So then you see him dragging this chest or this trunk to a train station. Well, I think what she was trying to say is she's going to go to Chicago by train, I guess, to see her family and stay with her family because she's mad because they got in a fight. So he was going to ship her. I don't know how he was expecting it not to get caught. So when he gets there, you have to put a tag on your, like he was just going to ship it. I'm trying to think if he said he was sending it to someone there by train. I think he was implying he had a ticket already. Okay, let me go back. So Officer Fine is at the train station, right? He was going to go off on his fishing trip or whatever is going on. We'll find out later. So he's got his ticket. He's putting his bags up. And that's when he notices Andy with the trunk. I feel like this could have been done a little better where he could have got away with it. And so Andy's like, hey, cool. Here's um, the trunk. Uh, what, guys? What? You want to talk about episode? Did you see the twist coming? So basically it's like fill out this tag and put it on the chest and we'll like the trunk and we'll know when you get there and he's like oh crap I forgot I have to put my name so they wanted to fill it out and so he just doesn't fill it out like he was deciding if he wants to put a fake name or something on it so he doesn't fill out anything on the trunk which would work you know I guess they'd take it put it on there so that's when he runs into the officer and officer finds like,
1: Mr. Conway Officer Fine I was at your apartment earlier this evening. All oh, right. I didn't recognize you. <laughs> That's the point. Do a little plain clothes work. You uh, going somewhere? Yeah, I um. Hey, mister. Mister, that trunk you're taking to Chicago, you forgot to fill out your name and address. And I tell you, if these things get lost, they get lost for good. There's no way they trace it back to you. Here you go. Thank you.
0: He's got to figure out how to fill it up because the cop's watching him. He's like, how do I fill out this thing? I guess I'm putting my name on it. Like He's like, I don't even think he had a ticket. So he's like, I am guess I'm getting a ticket. And so he's telling the cop like, oh, I got a call. My wife's got to Chicago. We made up. I'm going to go to Chicago to meet her. Everything's fine, cop. We're going to have like a second honeymoon and all this stuff. And then cop's like, oh, that's nice. And he's, officer fine is just too chiseled and too smiley and too investigative to the point where like, it's not too bad yet, but on the train, it's like, oh my, like eventually I'd be like, oh my gosh, dude, back off. Like, I know you're a cop, but geez. And so they're going to get on the train, and I don't think Andy has a ticket. Because he doesn't think Officer Fine's getting on the train, or if he is, he's getting on a couple carts down. Next thing you know, he's looking at a map. Andy looks up, and look who's in front of him.
1: Train gets in Chicago around 6 a.m. For luck. <laughs> Long time no see, huh? You're going to Chicago? Yep. In case I'm working on. I can't really talk about it. I can't tell you how much I like happy endings. I mean, in my line of work, things don't always turn out so good. You're a very lucky man. What did you and your wife fight about in the first place? Oh, um, well, she said I wasn't paying enough attention to her. Is that right? Hmm. My wife's the exact opposite. Thinks I pay too much attention to her. You know what I mean? Well, that's nice, if you have the time. Well, you got to make the time. Thing is, what's the guy supposed to do when his lady just isn't interested? I don't know. What, what do you do? I'm asking you. I don't know.
0: And this is where he gets like real annoying. Like I understand he's a cop and just wearing Andy down, right? Officer finds a bit obvious. Like eventually I'm just, I would just be like, stop. I know you're trying to like come and get me and, and get me to confess on something that I have no idea what you're talking about. Even though, I mean, Andy does, but he's trying to get, to let off that he's innocent. Officer Fine's like, so if you were to kill your wife, what would you do? He don't seem like the stabbing type. And he's getting like real crazy, Officer Fine. And as he's like talking about different ways Andy could kill Emma, they're kind of showing it like the, like he was like, maybe you strangle her, which is kind of true. That is what he did. He was strangling her. So then he's like, Andy's like getting nervous. And so he's like, well, I'm I'm hungry. I'm going to go eat something. I haven't really eaten anything today. And so Officer Fine's like, oh, watch your seat for you. Bye. So then Andy's eating. And then lo and behold, Officer Fine was like, food sounds good. I got hungry when you said you were hungry. That's so weird. And usually I get travel sick, whatever. He's like, that smells really good. Do you mind if I I taste your meatloaf? And I'd be like, dude, get away from me. Like, why are you after me? Leave me alone. It's supposed to be, I think a lot of people like it because it's good how he's like wearing Andy down and, but I just find him a little too annoying. So then they have dinner kind of, basically Officer Fine eats his food because I guess Andy's not hungry anymore. So Officer Fine is saying, he's telling Andy, he had to get all these search warrants because a lot of people are transporting drugs through the trains now because a lot of people are getting caught on airplanes or other ways that they're doing it. So they're trying to work around that. And and so he's telling Andy, like, I had to get all these warrants and I'll talk to the FBI and everything. And so what we're going to do is we're going to, we're going to search every inch of this train before it hits Chicago. And Andy's like, no kidding. (laughs) Um, I don't feel too great. I'm going to go. Bye. And so he like gets up. So Andy heads straight to the luggage compartment. That's like in the back of the train or near the back of the train. There's this fence that's like shut, but I mean, it opens pretty easily And there. Everyone's luggage is there. So he's looking for his trunk. So he finds his trunk, but he sees another trunk, like a black trunk across the aisle. And so he swaps the tickets. But then he starts dragging the trunk with the body parts over to the exit. Like one of the side doors to throw it over the edge. When they do find the trunk and they find the tag and they figure it out, they'll be like, oh, it wasn't Andy because Andy's trunk's still on the thing. Like he wouldn't have done it, but it still hides the body away to make it even less harder to find. So he takes that trunk and he throws it out of the door, of the side door or whatever, the back of the caboose or wherever he's at, throws it off. They don't really show if it's like off a bridge or I think it's just off the side of the tracks. And then he comes back into the dining hall and officer finds drinking some wine. He's like, oh, I got you a glass of wine. Like there's a glass of wine for him. He's like, you all right? He's like, oh yeah, feel much better. Yep. Officer Fine hands Andy the wine and this is where it's hitting the fan. Okay, so here's where everything happens, right? So Officer Fine turns to, to Andy as he takes the wine and he goes,
1: You made a real bad mistake with the ring. The ring? The high school ring. I mean, maybe it's a little different for you big city types, but out here, high school ring still means something. Marysville High, class of 77. I still wear it with pride. And when I give one of these things to someone, it means something. You see, I think someone gave that ring to your wife. And I don't buy for a second that she'd leave it behind. You're the guy that's been having an affair with my wife. What exactly are you going to find when we open up your trunk? You're not going to find anything. I doubt that. Go to hell. You want to see what's in my trunk? Come on, I'll show you. Fine.
0: This is my ring. I don't know how you had my ring. And so Andy's mad now. He's like, so you're the guy who's been having an affair with my wife. And he doesn't really confirm or deny it. He's just like, well, when we open that trunk, we're going to see exactly what happened to your wife. And so then there's a cop and everything and they're checking everything. There's like a state trooper or whatever, lets them into the back. Right. Cause I guess no one else was watching it before. Andy was able to get back there pretty quickly. And so he gets back there and he's like, yeah, there's my trunk. It's like the black trunk. He's like, there it is. So he goes to open the black trunk, which was not the original trunk. The other one has been thrown over. Right. So this is where it's getting kind of weird. So he opens up the trunk. And then he couldn't get it open, right? Cause it's not his. So he's like, oh, I don't know what to do with the key. I lost the key. So then the other officer, this cop comes at, uh, and pops it with his knife. Right. And so he's like, okay, cool. Which I thought was kind of a nice touch. Uh, so he opens it. When he opens it, the body parts are in there and he's like, wait, what? How did this get in here? And then he's like, wait a minute. That's not my wife.
1: That's not my wife. This isn't my trunk. I threw mine off the train." You're full of shit. I was with you the whole time. You never left my sight. He's lying. Why don't you tell him about the affair you were having with my wife and about the ring that you gave her? That ring under your bed was a woman's ring. It was my wife's. My wife gave it to your wife when they started seeing each other. That's my wife in your trunk. Lucky you didn't know. Admit it! When you found out your wife was leaving you for another woman. You went berserk. Decided to get some revenge. That's why you murdered my wife, isn't it? No, that's not true. What are you saying, that you didn't kill anybody? No, I, I mean, yes, I killed my wife. Now, where's her body? It's in the trunk. I threw up the drain. You saying you killed them both? No, no, I, I you didn't. You lying, sack of shit. You better get your story straight, pal. Juries have a habit of frying perjurers. Now, you murdered my wife, and that's a fact. Now get out of my sight before I kill you. No, no, he's lying. You set me up.
0: I guess Officer Fine had been suspicious for a little while about his wife having an affair. And what it was is that class ring was a woman's class ring. So what had happened is Officer Fine's wife had been sleeping with Emma. They were having an affair. Somehow too, maybe Officer Fine found that out, killed his wife as well, found some way to switch this up in some weird backwards strangers on a train kind of situation and was able to plant the evidence to frame Andy and and make it seem like Officer Fine had no idea. This has been a setup the whole time. He ends up being more the bad guy, Officer Fine. I mean, they're both bad. But what's weird, first of all, Officer Fine doesn't really even freak out that bad. The fact that it's his wife there in the trunk, he's just like, oh, what? He's more mad. I don't know if he had already killed his wife before Emma died or not. I think maybe he did in his fishing trip That he was planning on going to that he mentioned in the beginning he was maybe going to drop his wife's body off into a lake or something like that that was his plan but then when he got the call about this conway house and realized who it was he saw an opportunity he could definitely make sure to get away with it and frame this other guy or maybe he got that idea after he went to the conway house saw the ring realized put two and two together but how would he have known he would gone to the train station that seems really weird like it's just such a like convenient situation because he could have got away with it anyway probably just taking that trunk on a fishing trip or whatever and dropping it in the lake or whatever he was going to do with it had he not happened to run into Andy or realize what Andy was going to do how would he have known Andy was going to take that exact train to Chicago I feel like it's just like a last minute thing which it went off well if it is mazel tov but then how did he also know Andy was going to put that tag on that specific trunk were there no other trunks in the back there. This episode doesn't make much sense to me. That's why I don't understand this episode and why people like it so much. Like, it, it just seems like it's too convenient. And for me, again, Officer Fine's reaction to finding his wife is a bit suspicious.
1: You think maybe he killed them both? Nah, his wife left him. She was on a flight to Cancun, and checked it out this morning. I don't know what's worse. I found out your wife was cheating on you. or found out someone snuffed her. I tell you what, they both suck. That's an express home runs through here in an hour, or so he wants to get your ticket. No, 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 no. I think I'm going to rent me a car. I need to take some time.
0: It cuts to later, some time has passed. Somehow, Officer Fine found the other trunk. So this is the other trunk with Emma in it. He's in front of the kitchen sink. He's got a apron on that says, don't mess with the chef. He's taking body parts of her and putting it in through the garbage disposal to dispose of it. That's not going to work. I mean, garbage disposals are powerful, but we recently moved in this apartment and I think we ground up like a lime skin and it it broke it, I think, from that. So there's no way it's going to be cutting up bones and skin and everything like that. And as he's doing this, just nonchalantly cutting Emma up through the garbage disposal, he's reading the Marysville Chronicle. So I guess he's back in Chicago or near it. The headline is, Husband Kills Wife's Lover in Bizarre Love Triangle. So... I guess he's getting busted for that. The cop gets away with it. But it's still a lot of it just doesn't make any sense. And as the hand, Emma's hand is going down, he has been chopping it up with a cleaver, I guess. But as her hand is going down, her middle finger is up. And (laughs) that's the last thing you see is her middle finger going down into the garbage disposal. And I was like, that's kind of fun. So that's the end of the episode. So it cuts back to the Crypt Keeper. He's still doing the stand-up. (laughs) Crypt Keeper, you're so punny. And the best Crypt Keeper pun is...
1: I guess it's true what they say. Better dead than wed. Hmm. Time for my finish. <laughs> <laughs> now that's what I call bombing. Take my life, please. <laughs>
0: And then he takes a grenade and just opens it up right after his set and just blows up the audience, right? So like I said, that's the end of the episode. Season five, episode six, two for the show. There is a little bit of trivia, just a small thing um, from IMDb. The title comes from the expression used to start an event. One for the money, two for the show, three to get ready, and four to go. Okay. The next episode is season five, episode seven, House of Horror. Thank you all so much for downloading and subscribing and listening and... Everything else you do to support the podcast. If you have any questions or comments or anything, you can email me at goodeveningpod at gmail.com. There's also a Facebook page. And there's a Twitter page at G-E-K podcast or at GEC podcast. Uh, Leave a five-star review. You can leave one on iTunes, on Facebook, and I believe on Podcast Republic. And again, thanks so much for listening. Stay safe. Have a good one. Bye. Quite a scare. I actually thought my heart was beating.